So it's like we have that with thoughts and they don't change. So those thoughts will influence who you are. Hey, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about about. in order to broaden perspectives. Today's Thursday. We're continuing with life coach Jesse. We're going to see how he became a life coach, a legit life coach, and not just your Instagram positive message. Um, We're also going to ask Judith that hard question. Who are you? Who am I? It doesn't seem hard, but trust me, coming up with the answer is pretty hard. (laughs) And I enjoyed this, uh, you know, a little bit into the process process that Jesse does. Judith, what do you think about this episode? What what should people look uh, forward to? (laughs) I think they should look forward into actually... um, looking forward to growing themselves, whatever is stopping them from getting to that next level, they should seek help. Who, whoever that is, but make sure you do your research. And we definitely talk about that more. So sit back, buckle up, and let's go too hard, too fast. Boom. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Hey, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. This is a show with Jorge, uh, the warm, and the sisters warm, Judith, and me, Life Coach Jesse. If you want to hear some funny stories, get to know what life coaching is about, uh, get good laughs, maybe learn something new, uh, join us, and make sure that you follow me at Life Coach Jesse, and also follow Too Hard, Too Fast. Take care. Thanks for that extra plug for us. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. The podcast of the century. <laughs> uh, Judith. Well, let's, I think it's about time to get into the life coach thing. So, Judith, how did you meet Jesse? And then we're going to talk about Jesse's background into going into life coaching. Okay. So, um, be, prior to Jesse, just a quick backstory about myself is I did take life coaching with someone else. Um, as much as it helped me when I took life coaching with another life coach, they weren't going the direction I wanted to go. I wanted to go more Christian-based, more God-first-based. So to be honest, I was praying. I do. I believe in God. I pray. And I was praying for a while to meet a Christian life coach. And I was addicted to TikTok. I was on TikTok all the time. And for some reason, like I, on my FYP page, Jesse popped up like he was live. Like what I remember is Jesse was going on a walk where he lives by the beach. I think Jesse or you always go on a walk and you were yeah. always talking to um, the people live. And I don't know what it was, but I was like, okay, uh, all right. Um, I feel this guy, like he was just talking life and just talk, interacting with everybody. And like Jesse, his phrase is, um, text me now and text me, you're ready. But I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So I followed him on TikTok and I would just tune into his lives. It took me three months to reach out to Jesse. And, and I kind of had a feeling, but when I text Jesse, he's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like he, he jumped into it. But it's kind of cool because sometimes we need that nudge like to jump into it because I'm the type of person like, OK, I have this planned. Now, um, I'm just going to wait three months to do it because I'm not ready yet. But like with Jesse, like I love how he like changes my mind to like, OK, you're ready, though. You know what I mean? So so that's how I met Jesse, like on TikTok. I text him. I'm ready. And then we had a conversation um, on the phone. And honestly, like I, I, w- I already knew Jesse was it, but I also wanted to get a how do you say like I wanted to interact with him to make sure like he is my life coach. So I booked like a one session with him. And and from there on, I was like, yeah, he's it. <laughs> so 
and then I got, and then I just went on from there. I took 11 sessions with him and now I'm, I'm going for 11 more. So we st still got to start a lab, but yeah, TikTok, TikTok. So how do you it. do it if, since you're in Texas and he's in California? In Zoom, Zoom. We Zoom a lot. We do Zoom a lot. And then, um, yeah, we just Zoom a lot, huh? And then text. Yeah, and we talk, we talk every day. And uh, it's interesting because I have clients all over, you know? And yeah, I've he had does. I haven't met Judith, but if you were to see us in Iraq, you'd be like, bro, like, I feel like, when was the last time you guys hung out? Did you guys hang out? We haven't met. But when we do meet, you know, in these next 11 sessions, it's going to be powerful because it's like, it's like all, like right now, all I know you is this little rectangle. So I don't know <laughs> yeah. how tall you are. That's why I say my height because yeah. 2020, you don't know who you're talking to. So it, it's kind of like, it gives you an idea. Oftentimes, thank, thankfully, people say, oh, you're a lot taller than I thought. I was like, yes. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. When Alejandro met you. Like, wow, you're much shorter. I was like, dude, I would, that would hurt me. <laughs> I would be like, damn it. Yeah. I've been out of the dating game for a long time already. Uh, so I never, I never was in the dating sites. But if I were to catfish, I would definitely catfish my height. <laughs> I would tell everybody I'm six two, and then Aren't they show up, six? and I'm like half, half the size. <laughs> you're like my height, no? I don't know, like five eight, five nine, oh, depending what shoes I'm wearing. Good, bro. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. You look shorter than I thought. You were probably like five <laughs> six. Oh, that's good. Five eight. It's because I'm sitting in a beanbag. No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, so for people listening, what is the difference between life coach? and therapy oh can i can i say something real quick sorry mm -hmm. so so okay with counseling and life coaching right i took counseling for a little bit like i took two less sessions and when i took those it wasn't for me and this is the reason why it wasn't for me because i felt like in every counseling session they're telling me what i want to hear not telling me like how it is and what you could improve to overcome that so that's why i choose a life coach and that's why i chose jesse like we we've we hit it off you know and because jesse tells me like he calls me out that that's what i need he calls me out so so yeah i just want to put that in there then I, and i'm glad and i'm uh, this is a good question i asked the question i said it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, good. there you go there you go acknowledge yeah. you so. good job george good job. uh but I, I what i'm what i'm thinking when i say when i say therapy and counseling I think about, you know, laying on the couch and that judgmental pin writing, just mm -hmm, mm -hmm, go ahead. I'm not really listening. You can fuck off with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they, they just tell you, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, they just tell you like a generic thing and come back and see me tomorrow or in two weeks and pay me again. Uh, and I'm not that's just my ignorant mind to therapy and not to cut off people that do need therapy or that find success through therapy. I'm not saying that. That's just my, what I think about. Um, mm. And it's probably also like the, why it's, why so many people unfortunately don't use it. And when I think of life coaching, and again, yeah. I'm going to say this, this is my thought. Life coaching to me is very much the imagination I'm getting in my head. The image is a lot of like, yeah, you can do it. Yes, whatever. Let's go. You know, like you want to lose weight? Do it. You know, you, we've all seen the infomercials, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is. So I want you to break that for me. I want you to break that for me. Yes, this is good. This is good. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. Thank you for asking great questions, uh, because 
you have everybody has an interpretation of something so it's like it, it's normal it's it's kind of like a stereotype i would say almost it's like a label and then we have this idea of what it looks like because we don't know what we don't know so we could only assume based on what we know so therapy and counseling for me i i'm a fan of it i'm going to say i'm a fan of it because for what it for the good it's you going to somebody and talking to some to someone about your problems and just in talking alone it's going to work for you However, what I see, because I get a lot of clients that have already taken coaching or therapy and counseling, what I see is that it doesn't work. For me, I'm going to be honest, and I, and I could go on record. Anytime that you're going to something for the same issue for over a year or two years, something's wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I'm going I'm to be honest. So, something's not right there. Because you shouldn't. What I do without diagnosing anything, without telling you, you need to take this or this and that. I help people break through. But why is that? Well, logically speaking, most people that take therapy or counseling, they go to college, they learn from a textbook. They never get to, to get certified or to do anything. It's never about, hey, do the work on yourself. No, it's about master the subject, learn it. Now go, now you get hired in interview and you start practicing on people for, for that degree. So the reason why sometimes it doesn't work or when it doesn't work is because these same professionals are dealing with something internally. And the originally when we started the podcast, the word I used was escapism. So without them knowing consciously, they're escaping their problems by helping other people. I see this with therapists. I coach therapists, counselors, nurses teachers, and especially social workers. So I want to say that if you're a teacher, social worker, or in the medical field, a nurse, please reach out to me because the people that need the most help are the people providing help because it's required of them in their profession. Trust me, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. So life coaching for me, what is different, and, and here's another sensitive subject, you know, please do your research on who you're going to hire as a professional, including life coaching. Do not think that every person who says that they're a life coach is going to be just like me. No, everybody's different. I was on a dating app with the Christian girl recently. I've gone on plenty of dates since my breakup. It's only been four weeks. Uh, she said she was a life coach and I was like, okay, let's meet. And I was like, how did you get started? Oh, well, I just started with my Christian friend. So she has no like study or anything. It's more like Christian based and stuff. And it's like, whoa, this is, you better be very careful with how you treat people. So for me, I did all the work on myself. I let go of traumas. I healed myself. So the reason why I'm effective is because I'm a man of integrity. To say that I've worked on alcohol, three years sober, no pornography, no masturbation, all these things. When I say something, it, it just resonates with people. And here's the other thing. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Without getting into Judith's personal life, let's just say someone else. I could get five women that are dealing with common a breakup. And somebody who's in the field of counseling or therapy is going to treat him with the same terminology, the same problem. And the thing that I'm experiencing is that most people go to these, let's say, therapy or counseling. And instead of feeling better, they walk out like, oh, you're diagnosed with this. You got this, this and that. OK, but where's the solution? So for me, it's the breakthrough. I coach people through the breakthrough and everybody is different. So I get really good within three to four sessions to identify who you are. And now I coach you for who you for who you are. So, for instance, is it OK with Judith if I ask you who you are, Judith, and then you say who you are? Or uh, you don't want to share that in the podcast? No, not in the podcast. <laughs> OK, good. Hey, says, hey, Jorge, later on, ask her who she is. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. All right. Okay, but I, 
Right, no, for real, for real, because like, look how it's shy she is. That's powerful. that's her nerd. That, that, that is my nerd. I love okay, nerd. so hey, okay. hey, you gotta go too hard, and that's okay. Oh, that was good, good stuff. <laughs> oh, good stuff. She acknowledged her. So, for instance, okay, ask me who I am. I'll go first. Ask me who I am, Judith. Jesse, who are you? I am a young, handsome, powerful, and charismatic leader. So I'm grounded in who I am. Youthful. I mean, you see the skin, but it's youthful in my energy. Hey, Jesse, you want to show up on this podcast? What's it about? I don't need to know. I'm just going to show up because hey, I'm excited. <laughs> he did. He handsome, did just show up. Handsome, yeah. not in my physical appearance, but it's like, hey, sober, mental health, it shows, it reflects or something different. The lighting in California really helps too. <laughs> and then, and you're powerful. handsome physically too. Let's acknowledge uh-huh. that. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. I'm going to acknowledge myself. See, it goes back to me, the, what I just told you. Powerful powerful in the sense that i could talk about everything we talked about be funny but then also be professional be like serious when it matters and charismatic hey man I, i'm a good i'm a good time i'm a fun time so judith who are you i want jorge to experience this because that's the breakthrough for him it's not even for him it's for you to be okay with you sharing who you are with the world without any judgment so this is your breakthrough right now on the podcast whoever <laughs> who, who, whoever whoever jorge knows you of hey he knows a certain judith but does he know the Judith I know? And if he doesn't, you are being a taker because you are taking away from the experience of Jorge to get to. Wow, I didn't know. <gasps> no, Judith I'm like down. That. Hold on. Okay, so be right hey. back. BRB. Ah, hold, on, ah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah. It's because I got a new one. Hold on. This is a good breakthrough for her because it's normal. You know, this is this is stretching her comfort zone. And you saw what she just did. I'm like, I didn't even catch on. So that's like, she said, yeah, that is my nerve. And that's okay. So here's the thing. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it later. I don't want to go coach more. Everybody has a nerd and everybody has an ego. What okay. the nerd is, reach out to me. Okay, go ahead. So, what, hey, Jorge, we'll, we'll both ask. And th- we'll go, I'm going to go three, two, one, and then point, and then we're going to ask her who she is. Ready? You're, and it's being recorded. This is part of the little segment. Ready? It's all good. I'm ready. Who, are you? who are you? I am a consistent, free, bold, elevated through the Holy Spirit light for Jesus. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. So that's, that's what I know Judith as. And the oh, and I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna put not myself down, but but I I haven't memorized it. But you know why? Because I haven't been telling myself that every day. So that is my nerd. I would say like that's something that I need to grow on and and be committed yeah, because, to. You know, because you haven't been consistent. That's the thing. You're exactly. being the opposite of your contract, and that's okay because it's been two three weeks since we had a session. Yeah, right? and we're yeah, about to start again, and it's like it's okay. Everything is perfect. So are you saying, ahead, hey, two things? Two things. Are you saying nerd? And also, how long does it take you to come up with those a uh, handful of things about it yourself? It takes me. It takes me uh, two, two, one session. Two, one set. Well, one <laughs> session. It, it could have in this conversation. I could do it, but I build up to it. And then the nerd. I am saying a nerd. Nerd. So everybody knows what the ego is. So I'll tell you. The ego protects you. You know, everybody has a big ego. Look at Conor McGregor, right? Good guy. Mm-hmm. In the last fight that he fought with Poirier, he showed up different. He was very humble and defeat, blah, blah, blah. This time he showed up again with that ego. And then he got offended so much so that he said to the man, your wife was on my DMs. And like, I was like, whoa, bro, you don't cross certain lines, dude, yeah. right? That was his ego. The ego will block you. And, if, and here's the ego part of people. He's branded all over. Like he has his own gym. McGregor wine, McGregor alcohol, McGregor this. And it's okay. That's part of the ego. But the pride, fall always comes after pride. So we got to check our ego. The nerd, the nerd is the opposite of 
of that contract. So for some people, your nerve could be lazy. Your nerve could be a, 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 a bitch. Admit just it. just mm-hmm. being honest. Your, your nerve could be people pleasing. Your nerve could mm-hmm. be this. And like, for instance, the girl that reached out to me last night, she said, hey, I just need some time to myself so she could heal. And I'm like, like, I'm like, no, you're running away because what you resist will persist. So if you're if you're saying that you're trying to avoid something to happening or like, oh, you're not going to you're not going to put yourself in certain situations, then it's going to continue to happen. You know, so you can't you can have oh. both. Right. You can't have too much of both. You can't have too much ego or too much nerd. Because it feels like both of them will hold you, you back in a sense. Yes, you you could have an ego. It's okay. It's healthy. It's healthy to have an ego. It's okay. It, egos are good. The nerd is good. But I, what I teach the people is to embrace it. So there's no such thing as you have too much ego. It's more so don't give power to the ego, the nerd, because mm-hmm. Judith's nerd is inconsistent, overthinking, overanalyzing, insecure, and lazy. If, if she doesn't <laughs> embrace it and lazy, and if she if she doesn't embrace it then she's pretending that that side of her doesn't exist. Through the coaching, I teach, no, that's okay. We're going to learn from it. And then as I start digging, so you see how I coach people, it's different because not everybody's nerd is the same. That's mm-hmm. just one little taste of how it's different. Uh, so to answer your question, my coaching is I break you down to who you are and then I coach you up. And you said one of the things, well, you have the idea that it's like motivational. stuff. No, no, it, it's not anything cheerful. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's real talk. It's real talk. And to be on, to be <laughs> which honest, is really good. <laughs> to be honest, most of my sessions are at nighttime because that's a time that people can't sleep. At nighttime, they're dealing with the with the inner conflict. One yeah, thing you I should think... talk about too, Jesse, is your NLP certification. Oh yeah, so I'm I'm NLP. That's what I coach people on mm-hmm. through the emotions, uh, anxiety. What does that mean? Neuro brain linguistic language uh, programming your beliefs. So I have the I have the ability to coach people. And I mean, if you want, you could say that rewire people's beliefs and thinking to something else. Now, the reason why I love what I do is because there's people that use this to get what they want and manipulate, you know, and it, and it, and it shouldn't be that way. You know, they could even use it to have people come back for more coaching, more coaching so they could pay more. They could pay more if they could pay for more. That's not how I operate. Uh, I, uh, I am a Christian man. What that means is like freedom of will. So Judith comes to me or a client XYZ comes to me, I just help them let go of their nerd uh, and heal so they could go on and live their life, whatever it is that they want. Bam, mm-hmm. go go do your thing. If you need to continue coming back to me, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I'm not mm-hmm. doing, I'm not delivering. You should only come back to me when you leveled up and you're like, hey, now I'm dealing with this. What's next? Well, how did you become a life coach? How, how did you go? First of all, what made you want to decide to be a life coach? And the process to actually becoming a life coach. And I say that thinking about those people and the, like a person that you mentioned um, that you met that also labeled herself as a life coach. I've, you know, social media, Instagram, we all see everybody labeling, labeling themselves as I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, I'm a, I'm flying private jet. I'm a, I'm a life coach. And when you ask, well, how are you a life coach? I, I post cute little uh, positive sayings on my Instagram and then pay me and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how you can be happy. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of shady. So, you know, and there's shadiness with everything. There's, 
uh, crappy doctors, there's crappy teachers, there's crappy and every in every little in every field there's a a scammer. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's why and and George like uh, even the other girls I met like through Jesse because we have like a group call every Monday like that's why it took us a while to go with Jesse like it took me three months to go with Jesse because yeah, again like you're saying like they're scammers like you have to be really careful of who you choose but also you have to make sure you get along. Yes. Yeah. So 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 that's that. all. Those are great questions, and I'm glad I'm on this so so I could address it because here's the thing. Life, let's just say life coach. One one thing, social media. Social media just started becoming big. You know, I remember back in my day, there was AOL, AIM, right? Net Zero. So it wasn't like we had access to the whole world. And then we transitioned to the MySpace days. A good question would be, what was your MySpace username? Right? Mine was mine was J Cruz Mexican Baller. I remember that one. That was that was my email, right? Uh, I always have that as an icebreaker. And then now social media, we're all connected to information. It's good and it's bad. It's bad because there's a lot of scammers, misinformation, but it's good because then you total strangers like me and Judith from opposite states could connect. So, yes. Yeah, so how did I get started? I always knew I was going to be some sort of in this in this industry of helping people. I didn't know what a life coach was. Right. Uh, I got introduced to personal development at 16 through the, the secret, which is like the law of attraction type of thing. Some my uncle played a DVD on Thanksgiving, November of 2006. And that got me like interested in personal development, Tony Robbins, etc. So I always knew I wanted something like that, but I didn't want to be a motivational speaker. How I got introduced to life coaching is I took the program myself. And then for 12 months in a row, I served getting my experience. And what I mean serve is literally, I didn't earn a single dime. I was going there, forget about my work. I was not making any money, just enough to, I was living at home, you know, but I was healing, letting go. Then I started practicing it on my own because I realized that in these life coaching programs or in a lot of programs, they're held to a way where you have to be politically correct, meaning they can't talk about faith. So there was always something missing. Most of these people would go to these trainings and they drink the Kool-Aid, they feel good, but then they fell off. For me, I was one of those. I realized, why is it I'm always empty? If I have all this coaching in me, where's my life? What does it show? I realized I didn't have a relationship with God because they didn't talk about it. So it's like kind of like, oh, you don't need God. No, for me, I think you do. For me, if my client thinks not, okay, great. But then all these other emotions. So for there's a difference between life coaching and the NLP. The life coaching is more interpersonal. I could get real with people and get to the root of things. NLP, laser surgical and when people that know what life coaching is like for instance people that have taken life coaching and then have also taken the nlp program and then they say oh now i see what you do man that is great because when you combine both and it's powerful because sometimes people are dealing with things and to just go straight to it i could do that but it's not effective you need to build a person up so for me i've been life coaching since 2014 and the reason why i got into it was when i took the program my ex at the time she was volunteering so much. And I was like, why are you doing that? They don't even pay you. Why don't you apply it to your own life? Like do that. And then I was like, well, let me go check it out. Let me go see the serving. It's vol- it's free to volunteer. I started doing that. I got the experience. And then guess what? I became what I just said, a codependent. I was going through the coaching program. So because I went through the breakup, that relationship, my ex cheated on me four times in the first month. And I took her back and I tried to make it work. But see, it just goes to show how much life coaching works. But the NLP that I have works even more in the combination, the fact that I have a relationship with God, et cetera. So 
I would go through the, for 12, for 12 months after taking the program for three months, I would go to coach, 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 coach. I would for weeks, for weeks, it's these programs that is like nonstop. And I realized that I was, I was codependent on it. I needed the coaching more than the coaching needed me. And I was using it to try to heal, try to forget, try to numb, et cetera. So then the best thing that happened was somebody told me one of the leaders of the program said, Hey, you know what, Jesse, we're not going to allow you to come back because all the things that you're creating is through the program. You need to go live your life. To me, I took it personal at the time, but then I realized it was the best thing because somebody saved my life. I then saw God and then things started happening. And then I got into uh, NLP and I've only gone uphill. So now it's like, I'm, I'm very effective with the coaching I do. And I could relate to people on a personal level. There's no judgment. Uh, as a Christian man, I don't judge people. As a man, I don't judge people. As a coach, I don't judge people. And it's, if you on social media, I think people like Judith reach out to me because they see me always posting and they see me going live. And sometimes I call people live on the phone. So it's like, who's doing that at no cost? Me because I care for the people because I feel that a better you is a better world and one day I get to have children and it's going to be a better world, you know, because I, I made an impact in someone's life. That's how I see it. That's powerful and that's way more than uh, I guess that phone call is way more than that picture on Instagram that's saying, hey, today's going to be a great day because you're at this. Uh, it irritates me. It irritates me because it's going to get to the point now. I'm going to tell you. It irritates me, but I'm okay with it because like these, this podcast is, let's just say 10 people or a hundred people, let's say a hundred people listen to this podcast. A hundred people are going to be more educated as far as like, just because they're posting positive stuff, that doesn't mean anything. And what I coach people like Judith, it's one of the things that's the will of life. I don't have it here, but on social media, people always post the top three things, areas of their life that they're doing good. It could be, Hey, they're making a lot of money, but in reality, I guarantee you, they only had a good month mm -hmm. or the stimulus checks came in and they're just like falling, right? They're flexing. They're flexing yeah. The other one, the relationships, people post the marriage. Oh, I'm out here with the dinner, happy anniversary. But they don't post the five fights that got to that one picture. Mm -hmm. uh, they they don't post. A lot of people are not posting the real deal. So, so that's why I left Instagram because Instagram is all validation in mm -hmm. my opinion from my experience. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of these people and they're just showing something that in reality they're dealing with something that's more deeper and it's a distraction it's escapism and tiktok is more content post content 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 but yeah that's that's uh that's one of the things that differentiates coaching how long have i been doing it and between counseling and therapy if somebody was to tell me do you encourage therapy and counseling absolutely because it's going to do you good yeah. yeah um well you were talking about you know how um, you were living at home. I was thinking, I want to ask, how was, how was, you know, telling your family that you're going to be a life coach and thinking about, you know, when I say your family, telling La Familia, you know, Raza, I'm going to be life coaching. Yeah. Ah, iralo, iralo, ya está en el, ya está en el Instagram. Ah, que se cree. And, and, it, <laughs> and, it, and here's the thing. Obviously, you know, Latino culture, they, they know your laundry. And they hold you, they hold you accountable. There's a saying called Mexican crabs, right? And it's true. Mexican crabs, like you put them in a bucket and they, they, one gets out and then the other brings them up. So you don't have to put a lid on top of them because they just keep on pulling each other down. And that's unfortunate for our culture that instead of cheering each other on, we break each other out. So for me, uh, I cut out everybody. I moved out. 
and then boom, the coaching that I applied it in my life and it just started taking over, you know? So, uh, for me to be where I'm at now, it's a reflection that it's okay for us to sometimes put, cause distance creates space for people to analyze their behavior. And then when they actually see you grow, it's like, wow, people start realizing uh, what's going on. So, uh, it, it wasn't hard for the coaching wise because it's on social media and they follow me. So it's not hard. I've, I've been very transparent. The, but yes, I could relate it because I have a, I have a, I have a background in real estate. So when I told my parents that I wanted to be in real estate, it was more like, no, ¿por qué te vas a meter ahí? Pues ni te pagan. Oh, ya tienes una semana ahí. ¿Cuánto te pagaron? No, ya ves, mejor vete a dorar un trabajo. And I, I didn't, gra I didn't finish college. I didn't finish college because it wasn't for me. So, I, and I'm the oldest and my parents came from Mexico. They used to work in La Fresa, you know? So their thing is security because psychologically they come from nothing, uh, just pick, like dirt poor. So they come to America for security. Let me tell you something. I, I, I admire anybody who has a college education and who has a job, but to live in California, $80,000 a year is not going to cut it to raise a family. And also when your parents get older, you cannot support your family and also pay to retire your parents to live with you. So the only way to do it is to create generational wealth. So that's the reason why I got into real estate. Uh, but eventually through real estate, I got into coaching and I saw that, you know what? I have a bigger calling. If I stick to real estate, I'll make a lot of money. But I, I, I have this thing inside of me where I just can't go to sleep knowing that Jorge is dealing with something and, Ju and Judith is dealing with something. It's like, how can I help you? So uh, for so long, I had to bust my tail up to make enough money. So now I have an assistant. And right now I'm about to hire two more assistants. So I'm on the come up. And recently, recently, my mother texted me, hey, ¿por qué no vienes y tal cosas? ¿Qué pasó? Oh, ya se te llegó la fama y el dinero a tu cabeza. And I'm like, wow, dude, did she really just say that? But guess what? She doesn't know better because at the core, what she's communicating is that she misses her son and that she wants to see me and that she is apologetic of the things that she said when I was doing the things. And guess what? I forgive her. I love her. But I'm going to continue to honor myself because I'm the one that's going to break every single generational curse in my family. I'm the one. Well, I'm not the one because I know that my other relatives are doing it. But through me, I'm the first Christian. Everybody's Catholic. You know, it's not normal. I'm the first like doing other things, not because I want to prove something, but because this is what my calling is. So, yeah, uh, breaking it down, it was tough. It, it's tough being Latino and not having the support of your parents uh, when they're when they're instead of putting faith. They speak, they don't, they don't speak life. They speak the opposite. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I would be showing up to real estate offices or to door knocking with the back of my mind. No sirves para nada. No sirves para nada. Mm -hmm. Well, look, you still haven't closed. So it's just, you're repeating, repeating these things. So uh, I think that was a tough part. But then if I could overcome that, then it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. I sometimes I wonder, I guess every parent's different and almost the same. And like for me, I guess I can say like my mom, my parents would be more like, you know, try if you're going to try, but stick with what is making money now. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's not like, you know, kind of if it's I guess I'm, I'm, I'm more thinking of the parent where all they know is, you know, coming into America because it's the better life and you work, you just work your ass off to make to be able to support. And so they stick to whatever job they have, whether they like it or not. Luckily, my parents loved their job, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it kept us, it kept us just above water. And so where I'm now, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm tired of living just above water. 
I want to be able to be comfortable, love what I'm doing, still help people. Um, but I, I don't want to be worrying about is the next month going to be enough, you know? And that's exactly uh, what I grew up with, man. I used to hate Christmas, man. I used to hate Christmas because I never got anything I ever wanted. You know, I, I would be the kid that shows up to school and everybody talks about like, I got the PlayStation, the Nintendo 64, PlayStation 2. I can never relate. The most I ever got was like 20 bucks. The most I ever got was pairs of socks. Literally, I mean, you, George Lopez talks about it. It's funny, but there's something off with that because it's very easy to justify and say, hey, your parents didn't know they worked with what you got. Hey, man. But also, let's not enable the disable them because when you have a critical mind thinking, you have to have a desire to recognize that, hey, I want more. So not only do you recognize you want more, but you're going to do something different. Hey, maybe I'll pick up a book. So you work with what you have, this brain. So, for instance, someone like Judith is breaking curses because she realized, like, you know what? She needs some something in the mental health area, you know? So she sought personal development. So it starts off with the questions that wanting more. So I remember I'm the older brother. My younger brother, man, I bought this guy clothes because I didn't want him to go through wearing the same type of clothes that I like, you know, like not being cool. The shoes, basketball, put him on sports. I didn't, my parents never put me in sports. Uh, I was neglected a lot of things, you know, uh, because they didn't know any better and they didn't have time. So I remember taking my brother to wrestling events, you know, uh, SummerSlam, because that's something that I wish. Mm -hmm. And here's the issue with things of that nature. As parents, we t well, I'm going to say we, but as parents, people tend to give the childhood that they never have. So and unconsciously what they're doing is they're bringing their hurts into the future, you know, because you're spoiling somebody with something. They don't even know any better, but it's the, the thought is, is innocent. You want to give something that you never had to somebody. So that's automatically something that you should consider and be like, man, I need to heal from this because I'm bringing the past here in the same way that like people in dating bring certain past, like, Hey, you know what? I don't want to do this because it reminds me of my past. Then you haven't healed. You need to heal from that. Yeah. And, and I want to like, well, I was thinking about that as, um, I don't want to say, you know, I'm, I'm saying my parents that we, you know, we're living just above water and, I think the best thing they did for me, and I didn't know it at the time, was show me that there was more of a world besides our border town where we lived in. So that was the best thing. Even though I did not grow up with brand clothing most of the time, uh, mm -hmm. I did every now and then get some cool shoes, which I was always like, oh, I got the Nikes finally. Um, yes, maybe they were out of style, but they were Nikes, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I could say. But uh you know, and then it's so weird now. Now it's cool to wear not brand clothes. Like now, you, you don't show it off anymore. It's so weird. Yeah, like this is I got this on Amazon. I, I got this on H and M. Yeah, bro. I, I for me, I shop at Ross, man. Like Ross Thrift is my store. Spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it doesn't fit very well, but you know, whatever. Um, no, no it's it was, good. That's the best thing that were they were able to like have enough money or gather enough money to be able to look, you know, travel to different places. And I was like, oh, yeah, there is a different mindset outside of this small town and, and a different, you know, there's a lot of culture and a lot of different people to experience. Um, but when it came down to me move out, moving out and moving forward, going to college and choosing a career, where I was thinking is like the safe bet from, you know, my mom always says, is like, you know, you have a job, you have to take care of that job. And I go, well, you know, sometimes that job is very stressful 
and I come, you know, like, you know, like you said, like ever you're you're helping other people, but you're not helping yourself. Mm-hmm. You're dealing your own with your own issues, but you know, all you can do is help other people. Like you were saying, the therapist that you know, they can't truly help you a lot because they're also internalizing their own problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, like sometimes I think about what else is out there that I can do that still helps the community. I, I'm a special ed teacher. Uh, so I still want to do things for the special ed community. Uh, but, you know, something that, you know, keeps me moving forward. Um, so I still need to figure that out. That's a whole other conversation that we, but. Well, that's a, that's a good, that's a good conversation because there, there's a purpose there, you know, that I, I'm, I'm listening to you and I, and I hear a man that it's like, damn, okay, now, now I'm getting to know you. You know, so what I do with my clients is that you have that purpose that you want to do something, but why isn't that you're not doing it, right? For for instance, we all know how to get in shape and be in the best shape of our lives, but why is it that we eat and we do what we do? We all know how to be a millionaire, but we don't, How why is it that we're not? So through the coaching, that's what I help because it's certain mind blocks. The human mind has 60,000 thoughts a day, 60,000 thoughts, and they're all rooted in core beliefs. So what this means is every single day, you remember back in our day, I say back in our day, I'm, I'm guessing we're all in the in the 30s, right? Uh yeah. <laughs> so 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 it's like back in the day they had this thing called rollover minutes right if you wanted free minutes oh, yeah. you had to call some you had to call somebody after for me i was with at&t you had to call somebody after 9 p.m so if you were making a call before 9 p.m it really means it like you were like hey man you're costing me money i really yeah. want to talk to you yeah you know, say like, it quick or call me after nine yeah don't text it, me after until after nine <laughs> yeah yeah you remember that so so it's like we have that with thoughts and they don't change. So those thoughts will influence who you are. So that's why when I was saying like, no, celebrate that small decision that you didn't, mm-hmm. that you get, that it's been a month because that one decision creates new thought patterns, creates new beliefs, and now you create a new lifestyle. So I think you're going to do a lot of good work for the special ed, uh, with the special ed community. That's something that's hard, like that. Foster, foster children is something that's dear to my heart, you know, because these are people here in America in our own place that no one really considers or thinks about, you know, uh, I, I would really love to team up with Tim Tebow and Albert Pujols, the baseball player, uh, because they do stuff for the special ed community, you know, and I have a friend and, because see, here's the thing. They're special ed by label. Talk about labels, but they're human, bro. They're human. They could teach you more than anybody could teach you, man, and just by being with them. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of that. So let me know when you do something like that. I, I would love to team up with you on that because these are people that it's like, bro, like if you would have just spent 10 minutes with them, it, it's like, to be honest, people that work with special ed, they get paid pretty good money. Let's be honest. They get pretty good money. But they should be paying for the experience, bro. The things that you learn, it's like they hum- – Talk about new perspective and humbling. Like life isn't as bad as you think, man. You know? No, no, no. I mean, like I always, I that's why I love working with uh, special ed uh, people and uh, in, in general. Um, I always say it's 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 easier to work for their needs than work for the needs of you know other people that are you know not considered or considered normal in that sense, you know. Um, I truly enjoy it. I just want to figure out how it can continue to move forward. But, and the thing is, the other thing I say is with this podcast, this podcast is super fun. I love doing it. Um, but when I came up with the podcast or we came up with the the thing, I told my 
my my actual co-host uh worm i told him like i only want to do this if there's a way we can help other people like i don't want to just do this and just you know just trash talk and come and drink on the podcast mm -hmm. like let's figure out how we can help people and so that's why we started integrating guests where that can you know broaden our perspectives you know i had no idea about life coaching so when Judith presented this uh, opportunity, I was like, yeah, I want that's something like I want to talk about. I want to learn about. And I'm sure there's so many people out there with the same uh, belief, ignorant belief of, yay, this is life coaching. <laughs> you know, and what we did, we just broke that. You broke that for me. It's like, at least for at least for you, life coach Jesse, you did that. Yes. Uh, again, like Judith said, do your research and make sure they're not the yay and they're actually uh, Hey, we're gonna get shit done, kind. Of. Yeah, and even and even with that, you know, sometimes clients tell me like, well, not clients, people who take my free seminars, my free workshops. They say, how come you don't post more videos about breaking it down and things? And I'm like, well, one, it's the the people show up on social media for entertainment. So the fact that they're gonna listen to a one minute video, they're not gonna listen to it. So it's like for Judith, what Judith experienced in the with the with the emotions, there's no way that I could communicate what you're gonna experience in that until you take it, which sounds kind of like, well, man, for some people, the ignorant people, well, not the ignorant, but people that don't know, they could be like, so you're telling me I need to sign up for something to find out what it's kind of like about. And it's kind of like the best I could do is provide the breakthroughs. The best thing I could do is call up my own clients. And Judith has been like, shout out to Judith, man. Judith, like I call her because the way she communicates is very good. She explains things. She has a gift of explaining, you know, like, so I call up my people. She's been on live when I'm at 11. Oh, you want more questions or you don't really believe me? Well, let me let me call one of my clients right now so they could talk to you and share the experience. So I'm very transparent. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, yes, whatever, whatever, anybody listening or watching, hold everybody to the standard of each their own uh, life coaching. What it does, it's it gives people the idea to be receptive more so than uh, counseling and therapy. But with that comes a lot of great responsibility. Like that girl that told me, she, I mean, I was like, wow, dude, so you don't have any like experience? Like, I'm just like, that's, that's lethal. Pero por eso tengo más energía, más ganas to like do what I do because it's like I could help more people if I just continue being on this, on this focus, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's cool. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the, for, thank you for your time. I know you have to get going. So we have one more question. Judith, mm -hmm. will you do the honors? Uh -huh. Um. Okay. Yeah. Too hard. Too fast. What is one story that you did that's too hard? Too fast. Okay. All right. You know me pretty well, so I, I I can be very transparent. So give me an example. But from everything that you know, give me an example. Like it can be a cautionary tale, a funny story, like um, Worm's well, uh, Worm, the uh, actual co-host, uh, Judith's brother. His bro. too hard, too fast story is why we call him Worm. And, it, mm. and he says, because in college, I used to sell gummy worms and alcohol. And he will come into the dorm room. We were dorm mates. He'll come in and start, you know, go, uh, going too hard, too fast on him. And so he would think, oh, he's not, uh, these are not like doing anything to me. And then, you know, five minutes later, he's passed down and <laughs> down the hallway in front of someone's door. So the too hard, too fast came because of worm. I came up with the term. We were at parties, and if he would, he would always have to go like, "Oh, I need to catch up," you know, if we got there late. And yeah. so I would like lean into him, like, "Hey, man, too hard, too fast." Kind of <laughs> like, a, you know, remembering, hey, "I gotta take it slow. It's a marathon, not a sprint." 
Yeah. Well, for me, uh, I mean, and it doesn't I, have, I have to be a drunk story. It could just be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, anything. I, I, like so. So. So it's like I don't really have two hard two stories now because I have all this coaching background. So I'm very mindful. So I have two stories I could say. I could say the like uh, a professional, like more like on a relationship one, the the recent one, and I could say a funny one. I would like to say both because now it's it's like I would like to uh, send this podcast as story when you edit it, just the story part uh, to to my friend as an apology because he's like. <laughs> It's funny. So do you guys want to hear the profession? Do you want me to end it with a, like a, a, a meaningful one? Or do you want me to start off with the funny one? Do both. Let's do both. I'll do the funny one first. Oh, yeah, funny. Because just to show that I'm human. Okay. Too fast, yeah. too soon. So all too, my life. Too hard, too fast. Too, yeah. Too hard, too soon. Oh, it's a different story. <laughs> no, Papa. You should, hey, you should have said nothing. It would have been a better story. Now I'm just like. No, no, no. Okay, so I am in a fraternity, you know, so you could just imagine the stories. I've always been ahead of my time. So I've always been with older, like having older friends. So I joined a fraternity. I was in college. I was 18. And I could never drink at the bar because unless they slip me a drink or I, and I have a baby face. I mean, look, I can't grow facial hair. So <laughs> if, if anybody saw me with the drink, it was like, hey, what's up? Who gave you that? Get out. Kicked out. So I developed the habit of pre-gaming and drinking a lot talking about a lot i'm talking about when you go to vegas what you drink in one night i could drink in 15 minutes and then the way i thought about it was like, okay well i'm gonna get all of it right now too hard too fast right and then i'll sober up by the end of the night it worked there was this one time that i went out with my friend minor and i was drinking so much uh and he, and i was drinking in the back seat too bam, bam, bam. but then we hit traffic going to downtown la uh to the club that we were gonna go and i was like oh man bro hey i need I, and i was already drunk hey man i really need to go pee I need to really go pee pull over there was no way to pull over anywhere we were bumper to bumper that you can't move it was just bumper to bumper la traffic is terrible and that night it was dodgers so when the dodgers and lakers play terrible to go to la uh and there was a cop outside. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Let me get out the car. I'll pee outside. Bro, there's a cop there. It's like, who cares? I'm in I'm in a two-seater, by the way, on his friend's <laughs> two-seater. Two-seaters, there's no space. It's like, nah, bro, I need to pee. It's like, here, man, take a cup. It's like, nah, man, I ain't going to go. I, I'm not going to pee in a cup, bro. I need, I'm going to overfill it. Nah, just pee there. So he hands me a cup. I, I pee in the cup, and I'm holding my thing like a manguera, right, like a hose. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, bro, give me another cup. Uh, there's no more cover like, bro open up the window but he couldn't because it was just enough crack and i was like well what do you want me to do bro so i said here bro take the cup nah man i'm not gonna grab the cup nah man and then he finally like we were going back he reaches over to get the cup and i thought he touched it and grabbed it that <laughs> thing just like so so hot cup of noodles oh, uh, no. warm piss just fell, <laughs> just, fell so over. Just, just, just just fell over him and yeah, man, he had every right to kick my ass. He had every right. And he, and man, he's like, oh, man. And in my mind, I'm in the back just laughing, just intoxicated. Like that just happened. Bro, I mean, that was a total too hard, too fast. Like that's a total douchebag. Uh, and my, but the, the guy driving, he could have kicked my butt. He's like, what? He spilled it all over your car. What? Let me see. No, it didn't. It didn't land on the seat. It landed all on his hair, on his, on his thing. So my bro minor was like, take me home, man. Let me out. So we he turned it around. Fortunately for me, Minor, Minor is his name, Salvadorian. He's five foot five, so he's he's shorter. So he was <laughs> cool, and he, and he said, "Nah, man, do whatever you want. It's cool, man. Nah, nah, it's cool." So Minor, I, I'm saying this publicly. I, I I owe you an apology. I already said it multiple times, but it's good for me to be human and, and go on a podcast and and say the story of the 
the piss cup. Because man, <laughs> trust me, if that happens to either any of us, oh man, we'd be we'd be throwing oh, hands. Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or just so, yeah, yeah. just completely disgusting. <laughs> Bro, it'd be like, dude, it, even if you take a shower, it's just gonna be like in your, in your skin. And the the recent one, too hard, too fast, is. Yeah, in the relationship, I went too hard, too fast. I was uh, I was desperate to be in a in a relationship with a woman who's Christian, and I found one. It went good. I uh, I closed all circles with other women that I was on the dating app texting, and I, I I went all in for that relationship, and I treated her like a wife, like a queen. I would show her to my clients, talk about her, all this, and I realized that, hey, just because women. So here's the thing. I, I coach women mainly. 85% of them are women because women reach out. Men have a te- mental like, oh, no, like don't talk to anybody, right? What is this life coach thing he is? Uh, I treat women with respect. And I was being a, a husband to a woman that deserves to be treated with respect, but it takes time. I shouldn't I shouldn't have gone too fast, too hard like that uh, because it takes away from it. When when something's given to you so soon, you don't, you don't take it for for – you don't value it. Right. So that's a story for anybody that's in dating. Uh, be mindful. Be mindful of going too fast. Uh, take your time because things are going to reveal and don't ignore the red flags uh, and communicate. But be mindful what you share too. even that. For instance, like Judith, she shares certain things with me. I would tell her, be mindful of the things you share with, with anybody, with anybody, you know, because not everybody's going to be capable of comprehending where you're at. And it's unfortunate. Because ideally, in a relationship, you want to be able to talk about anything. So yeah. that's my, so the funny one and then the serious one. <laughs> nice, nice. That was, I appreciate was both stories. Yeah. You had a funny <laughs> one and a, and, a, and, a, and a professional one. Um, so with that said, we're going to close it out. For anybody that wants a, a free consultation, reach out to me. My number is 562-285-5564. Just text I am ready. 562-285-5564. Follow me on all social media, especially TikTok at Life Coach Jesse. And uh, for anybody who wants, because there's been people that's been saying this is a good podcast. I've had one person. I had I've had one person stay through the whole time here. So that's for anybody, cool. follow that out uh, to her. Or, yeah, or him. Or him. Uh, follow follow Judith with uh, Judith, Judith with love, and then follow uh, my brother Jorge and his podcast. Um, and you know we're gonna put all your, all the links in the description for you. So I know. Anybody that wants to contact uh, Life Coach Jesse, uh, we're closing out the podcast. Another podcast down the drain. Worm, Lady Worm. I don't know. Just kidding. Judith, what do you have to Sister say? Worm. Sister, Sister worm. worm. Oh, that's a better one. Sister Worm. Sister Worm. What do you have to say? Um, overall, I'm so happy to be here to co-host. And I'm so happy we brought Jesse on and for George to meet him. I wish my brother was here to meet him too, but maybe they'll meet in the future. We never know. Yeah, let's let's do another one uh, with more in depth and uh, the funny picture. You we didn't do the funny picture. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll do that in a little bit. Uh, okay. okay, okay. But uh, so with that said, remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye.